Leafs Converts, TLC OGs, what is going on? I'm NJ. We're going to convo the hell out of this episode of the Leafs Convo podcast, of course. It's all about making the Maple Leafs better. Who do you trade from this roster right now to bring back a player of equal or better value to help this team level up and become a true 100% authentic Stanley Cup contender this season? Mike has plenty to say on the topic slash issue so do i and i know you do with the sizzling white hot takes you provided through the youtube comment section and of course twitter i'm ready to go mike's ready to go and of course we're going to talk about paul marner because he's been talking so we're going to talk about him in a polite constructive way or at least i will anyway the leafs combo starts right now And here he is, the one and only Michael Ajello. Hello, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Norman. I'm well. How are you doing? Not too bad. I have a big question for you. Ready for it? Sure. So which Leafs are we trading to make this team better? Um, I, honestly, because I, I saw that I saw that question out in uh, out in social media, and I, I, you know, I looked at it, and I think this is a team where you're not going to see many subtracted. You're going to see. Uh, additions so i think you know on the existing roster right now you know if they have if they are able to trade for a big time defenseman then one of the young forwards like kapanen or rianson or if it's a bigger deal uh nylander and i'm sure that'll that'll explode uh twitter because oh he's not being traded because kyle dubas said or you know it, I, i'm sorry he doesn't have a trade clause that means he can be traded if it be- if it betters the team but I think that the it's going to be the additions uh, rather than subtractions. And if they trade players or draft picks to get those additions, it's going to be guys who are playing with the Marlies or playing in junior or U.S. colleges. And I don't think it's going to affect the roster significantly this year. This is the Leafs combo. Norman James along with Mike uh, Jello. Please subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you listen. We appreciate your support. We're going to another level, folks, and we want you to come along with us. I have a Paul Marner story coming up uh, towards the end of this episode, Mike. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know who Paul Marner is. You saw his takes with the uh, Jonas Siegel article for, what's the name of the Athletic? The Athletic. Yeah, Yeah, so you saw that. Um, Paul Marner not too happy with us at a time when he should have been really happy with everything going on in his son's hockey world, but I'll uh, save that for later. I want to see this team upgrade, Mike, and I want to see this team do it at the most – you know, opportune, appropriate time, whenever that is. At some point, the Maple Leafs are going to be confronted with the the need to make a trade to help this team level up. Um, and our Leafs converts, TLC OGs, those who uh, support the podcast by sharing their two cents, especially on the YouTube comment section, have all sorts of ideas, some more wild than others. Atari Leaf. Gardner, Zaitsev, and Hainsey for a fifth, then flip that fifth for a number one D-man. Oh, boy. Well, okay. <laughs> so yeah. so you're tra- – you're tra- I, I, I asked them, I'm like, do you really want to trade half of your defense core? I mean, think about Hainsey. Why do you want to trade Ron Hainsey? People get so upset with Ron Hainsey, and I think it's misplaced uh, aggression, misplaced angst. Ron Hainsey's doing pretty well for a guy who shouldn't be having to do well. You know, well, he should be there in a support role. I, I wrote about this in my in my blog on on uh, Saturday, or on excuse me on Sunday. 
regarding uh, the the game, the the, the loss, the overtime loss to Florida, and the, and the reason that they the Leafs were behind two nothing going into the third period was because they're penalty killing and. You know, Ron Hainsey is playing first pairing minutes, so over 20 minutes, and he's playing still most of the penalty kill. Nikita Zaitsev is playing on the PK. And if you look at Nikita Zaitsev, when he came to the NHL, he was not, you know, a defensive defenseman, not a guy who was a shutdown guy. He was an offensive guy. He was a guy who who was a point man on the power play in his first season with the Leafs. Then he signs the big deal. And then all of a sudden he gets assigned to shutdown duty, shot block duty, penalty kill duty. He's playing a role that doesn't fit him. So all the criticism, I mean, I, I understand the criticism of Nikita Zaitsev. I, I understand and agree in part with the, some of the criticisms of Ron Hainsey, but I, you know, Hainsey, I think, is a third-pairing defenseman, and if you played that plus the penalty kill, I think he'd be much fresher and he'd be more effective. And Nikita Zaitsev, because they have Gardner and Dermott and Riley, is forced into playing mm-hmm. more of a defensive role, and he's just not a defensive defenseman. But he's blocked so many shots, and 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 now it's like you know he's taken the wounds of what shot blocking defensemen take, which means they slow down a little bit. And I don't know whether he can be that offensive guy, but he's got another five years at 4.5 million. I don't think many teams are taking that off of your hands. So trading, trading Hainsey, trading Zaitsev is not going to happen. And with Gardner, I'm more and more convinced with each day that Jake Gardner is going to be like JVR, like Bozak and own rental yeah. who they keep and they let go. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to trade that guy who has the playoff experience now going back to 2013. He could come in handy for you. And sure, he'd love to make amends for the collapse in Game 7. I know it wasn't just him, you Gardnerites, but I'm I'm for Jake Gardner sticking around. I mean, some people want to see him shipped out, but where's he going to go to the Western Conference to a team that's contending as well? Would because you're not going to trade him to a foe in the Eastern Conference and a team that isn't going anywhere unless they aspire to keep him and were able to somehow make that happen isn't going to necessarily trade for him. So, yeah, he's kind of locked in, and I think that's a good thing. Um, Caleb Merkstrom does have uh, Jake Gardner being traded along with Nikita Zaitsev and Andreas Janssen, plus any pick, first, second, third, whatever. Uh, make a package for either Pareko or Pierangelo. Sounds like fun, Mike. I mean, I'd love to see one of those defensemen come back. You can dream up a lot of scenarios, and uh, yeah, I'm sure as we get closer to the deadline, I'll be doing the same thing on my column on Hockey Buzz. But the problem is, is that you're not trading, you know, two defensemen to get one. Uh, and more than likely, a team like St. Louis, who's probably going through a rebuild, is looking for young and inexpensive players um, to acquire for the guys who you know are locked up on long-term deals like Pareko or somebody who's making $6.5 million and is one of the better defensemen in the NHL like Alex Pietrangelo. So you're not talking about Zaitsev. You're not talking about – and I know that Nick Kiprios reported that Zaitsev would be included. I, I don't think St. Louis would take Nikita Zaitsev in a deal for either one of those guys unless they absolutely were forced to do so, and they're not going to be forced into anything, they're going to be asking for Timothy Lilligren. They're going to be asking for Travis Dermott. They're going to be asking maybe for Rasmus Sandin, for young defensemen who are inexpensive to be to be put into these deals. And that's the battle that uh, Kyle Dubas is going to have to face. Now, the Dubas held a, held a presser today, and uh, he said, we have some other matters we've we have to tend to, this is in regards to Jake Gardner and his impact and pending UFA status. 
And that's been communicated to Jake as well. We continue to stay in contact with and work with him. We would like him to be here, but it's not as sure. simple as it sounds. Sure. Now, if that's if that's the case, you know, that's all that's saying is, Jake, we'd like to have you. We'd like to have you at a certain price. But if you're expecting to get top dollar, have a nice flight. And that's that's what I'm saying. I think they'd like to keep him. I don't think he's going to take a one to two million dollar discount to stay in Toronto. So that's why, you know, scenarios of trading him and oh. getting a package and flipping that to some other team to get a defenseman. They make sense in fantasy land, but sure. I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Jake Gardner riding with him all the way to the end and either wins a cup with the Leafs or he does it. And I'd love to see him win a cup with the Leafs. Any notion that is resonating from uh, the messages Kyle Dubas uh, is sending out right now that suggests Gardner is a potential target to be retained by the Maple Leafs is one that is being taken out of context and ex exacerbated by the analytics birds on social media. Jake Gardner has no reason to be in Toronto uh, beyond however long this season lasts. There's no reason for him to be here because the Leafs have more of those guys coming up through the pipeline. So that's well, it. And I know, I know there are people who just love Jake Gardner, but there are other ones coming up, guys. The interesting comment that Dubas made today regarding Timothy Liljegren, I think, goes to that point. I mean, they he essentially said that now Liljegren had a high ankle sprain earlier this month. He's probably going to miss the World Junior. Uh, he was he was probably out, uh, etched in stone for Team Sweden, but now with this injury, he's probably not going to be able to play. And the plan was, they said, if it wasn't for this high ankle sprain, the, the plan was to possibly, you know, play at some point this year in the NHL. Now with him probably being out for, you know, usually a high ankle sprain is five, six weeks or something like that, that the timetable may be changed because they expected him to be playing at a high level. Uh, playing in the AHL every game and then going to the World Junior and then being able to step into the lineup like a, like Dermot did in January of last year. And now that's off the table. Now, to my mind, that means that makes them even more in terms of shopping for defensemen mm -hmm. at the deadline because now they have to, you know, you're not going to put Liljegren in the, into the NHL with a month's uh, you know, a month's work up to the playoffs, that's a recipe, that's a possibly a recipe for disaster. So, you know, you keep looking at it and you keep saying to yourself, they need one and possibly two defensemen. And we're not talking about depth guys. We're talking about one, at least that's mm -hmm. a top four and another one who's got some experience and a little bit of sandpaper. Uh, Michael Pagano in order Leafs with trade value. I'd be willing to move if the right trade is made and available to us. Zaitsev one. Janssen two, Brown three, Gardner four, Brocko five, six, any draft pick. Clearly the plan of Kyle Dubas is to stockpile young defensemen who, you know, on entry-level deals will help, um, you know, allay the cost of, you know, re-signing Matthews on a 12 or $13 million deal in Marner for what, whatever he, uh, whatever he gets when he'll, he'll deserve whatever he gets. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, if they get themselves a Pareko who has like another three years on his contract, or they get somebody who's, uh, you know, tied up long term that gives them cost certainty, then they might be willing to throw a young defenseman into those deals. But more than likely, they're going to trade from a position of strength. And I have to tell you, I got into, uh, you know, some people lost their minds on uh, on the weekend when I tweeted out, you know, Jeremy Bracco had a great game on Friday night. 
in in uh, Winnipeg against the Manitoba Moose, two goals, two assists. He's the second leading scorer on the Marlies. He's got over 20 points. Um, he's you know, and he is. I mean, I've seen him play. For Team USA in the in, in the World Junior, I've seen I've seen him a few games when he was with Kitchener and and Windsor, winning a Memorial Cup. I've seen him play with the Marlies. I think he's an elite playmaker. I think the reason that they they kept have kept him down there is because they're stacked on the right wing at the NHL roster, and they want him to get stronger and a little bit more aware defensively. And I said next summer, if and the the key word that most people missed was if the Leafs trade William Nylander, oh, if they have to, that they have a an elite playmaker waiting in the wings. And I had enough, half the people saying, how is he elite? Because, he's American right, it's Mike, because, sorry to interrupt you. The same people who bully you for dis, or for suggesting Nylander's potentially trade bait are the ones who rally around someone else who's been ridiculed and start accusing others of bullying and being mean they're hypocrites this idea that william nylander is this exalted figure who you know he's holier than thou and you can't even mention him um in any sort of discussion that might seem critical is ridiculous and it's you're just suggesting that this is an asset that can be parlayed for something that the Leafs actually need yeah, I, I, I the, the only point I, I was trying to make, and of course I got lost in the in the responses, is that you know it's very possible that they keep William Nylander, but if they have to trade him because of the cap hit, because of the fact that they have to sign Marner and Matthews, and you know, Kyle Dubas said today that you know they plan for the eventuality of the offer sheet for both players, and they have the ability to match both of them, and he hasn't spent any time worrying about that. That's because he can he has assets that he can move out if he has to and he might have to if Marner asks for 10 million dollars or more or if Matthews expects to make more than Connor McDavid that's the thing there's no no trade protection he has this 8.3 million dollar bonus that's payable on July 1st and if he has to move him he will get value for him and he has players that can replace him i'm not saying Jeremy Bracco is as good as William Nylander but He's a he is a great playmaker. He he need, still needs work, but I think he he fits in the plans of the Maple Leafs if they have to trade Neander, or he fits in the plans if they have to trade a forward to get a defenseman at the deadline. So, sorry, folks. Mm. Jeremy yeah. Bracco is a quality player, and if you're telling me he's not an elite playmaker, you don't know anything about hockey. Well, again, this is not about seeing a player, Mike. What's the data collected say? Because that's essentially what it is this is a video game to a lot of these guys so uh the best trade idea that i have on the youtube channel my buddy fash out given tom dundon wanting offense and not caring about defensive defensemen right, right. now you could get slavin plus pesci for marner and zaitsev you solve your cap issues solve your blue line in one deal yeah. but is marner bigger than the maple leafs though I know uh, optically this isn't something that a lot of people would want to go for. If Kyle Dubas said, F it, I don't care. Is this something you could do? Um, I'll, I'll, I won't address the trade for that bash out um, put out there, but I'll address the, the Marner scenario. Mitch Marner will never be traded by this team. At least I would say in the next seven or eight years, he is extremely important to them and he's established himself 
Um, if you're asking me, and I know that there's been a lot of people who say, well, William Nylander is as good as Mitch, as Mitch Marner or, you know, who to me, it's, it's completely clear. And this is not taking into consideration what Nylander has done in the five games since he's come back since, you know, he's rusty. It's going to take him a little time to get back into the swing of things. I, I will fully acknowledge that Mitch Marner is right now has been at a high level for almost a calendar year from mm -hmm. December of last year to now he's been, I would say one of the maybe top five wingers in the NHL and everybody's saying that. So um, he's going to get his money. He's a very popular player. He's from the Toronto area. They, you know, fans love him. They know that he is a centerpiece player along with Tavares and Matthews. I don't care what's. I don't care if he he's being traded for, uh, you know, the second coming of Gretzky. He's not getting traded by this team. It's not happening. Can we trade Paul Marner though, Mike? Is that possible? Okay. So here's the story about Paul Marner. I had him on the the convo back in 2016. I was working in television at the time, and after I'd get off the air, I'd go and do my podcast. A lot of a lot of people would know us from back in those days. Paul was the proud father of a NHL rookie at this time, uh, and obviously Mitch Marner was kind of quieted by the Austin Matthews show, but Mitch was contributing. And um, you know, I set the table for Paul. Hey, this is great to see. We all knew he was going to be doing uh, be an NHLer at some point, and it's been a lot of fun. And let me qualify this. There was no bigger Mitch Marner booster than me and Brent Lale and you yourself, Mike. We were just realistic about um, or we, we believe that there might be a not a um, hiccup in his development as an NHL or him eventually crossing the threshold. However, we felt that maybe he would need another uh, a year somewhere other than a rookie season right off the off the bat in the NHL. So Paul Marner. As I, we're talking about all these sweet nothings, turns around and says, well, yeah, there were a, a lot of detractors like you. When push comes to shove, you weren't there for Mitch. And you, didn't, um, you weren't one of the people who should have been out there saying that Mitch was going to make the NHL right out of the gate. It was such a petty thing for Paul Marner to bring up at a time when we were celebrating the kid. But, and it had no reason to be – I had no reason to be confronted with this because, again – if you are from the London area, you know how much Ma Mitch Marner coverage we did. Nobody was covered locally like Mitch Marner was. Maybe when Tavares joined the team for a cup of coffee in 09 or Nazem Kadri was on a lot because he spoke a lot. But Mitch got coverage out, out the wazoo and because he was amazing. He was the CHL Player of the Year in 2015-16. Uh, and we, I had him on the show, to our Paul Marner, to talk about Mitch and how things were going. And he throws this at me. Uh, saying and confronting me and basically uh, accusing me of not supporting Mitch Marner to the fullest degree that I should have. And what he was upset with is that you and I, Mike, on many shows thought that maybe Mitch was not physically ready to jump into the NHL right out of the gate. That's it. I was the guy saying that he had hands like Gretzky. He was the most natural player in the game and would eventually be a, a guy who would make plays that nobody's seen before. And I was right. Look at this. The only thing we suggested is that he might not get into the NHL right away, considering there were a lot of rookies and mm -hmm. considering his um, physical stature. To them, that was, I mean, that was a line that we crossed that uh, they couldn't reconcile. That was it. 
And I was confronted with this. And the, the interview turned kind of sour and terse after that. And it was such a petty thing to bring up. And I even said to him, I said, this is kind of a, a disagreement in, amongst family because we had known this guy for a long time. The Mar Mitch Marner was, we worshiped the guy. And we hope that we're wrong. But to them, it was all, it was, it was, that was enough. And they were upset and pissed off. He sent a blogger, a podcast guy who, good for him, got a place at the Marner dinner table after me to rip me a new one who was supposed to be a good friend of mine. He did this in public because I didn't show loyalty to the Marner family. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. And then reading all this stuff that Paul Marner is going on about his kid and not being considered for the captaincy with um, this athletic article brought it all back for me. The dad, he's got to calm down and he's got to keep his mouth shut because the problem here is he's creating a negative vibe around Mitch Marner. I, I have to say that, you know, one of the concerns I had about Mitch Marner going into his career with the Leafs was the influence of his dad. And it hasn't really been apparent. And I mean, in all the time that I've been around the Leafs, I very rarely heard his name mentioned. Uh, and that's a good thing because we, you know, you see the Lonzo ball type of thing going on in the NBA and you know how destructive parents can be when they try to meddle. Yeah, LeVar Ball. Like, LeVar, LeVar, right. LeVar Ball and Lonzo is, is the son. But so, I mean, you know, this article brought forth a few things and you know, the only thing I can say, and I'm not trying to defend myself, but I, I, I will stick by my, my concerns. I, my job as a reporter is to be a skeptic is to look at things and say, okay, well, this is a concern. Uh, and then at that point, remember this is before the Leafs won the lottery and they had brought, were having the possibility of getting Austin Matthews. There was a lot of consideration about Mitch Marner being a center at the NHL level because of his great playmaking ability. And he's six foot and 165, 170 pounds. You know, that's not the prototypical number one center. He's got the vision. He's got all the playmaking ability. He's got all the tools, but it's the physicality. And what people were saying, okay, well, William Nylander could be a center. He's played center before Mitch Marner played center in junior, but the last year of junior, when he was CHL player of the year, he played on the right wing with uh it was christian dvorak and and, and matthew kachuk mm -hmm. so you know it, the concern was could he be strong enough could he be physically durable enough to play center at the nhl yeah. when he comes in the next year and matthews is the number one draft pick there wasn't even a consideration of putting him up the middle he was going to play the wing and he's got that innate ability to avoid avoid physical confrontation he doesn't take many hits so we were being skeptics mm -hmm. and you know i can understand the mentality of the hockey parent their kid is you know that they you know they will defend them to the hilt i get that so i i will excuse it's convenient Paul. though mike it's right, convenient but, to go negative clearly what we believed was a a, a common concern. I don't know why that was the souring of a relationship. Let's qualify this. We have no ill will for Paul Marner or towards him. I'd, I'd hope that maybe he can stay somewhat quiet. The difference between him and Michael Nylander is Michael Nylander's thousands of miles away. Paul Marner's right around here. And, and Michael Nealander doesn't, or Paul Marner doesn't represent uh, his son in, as an, in terms of being a part of the agency. The bad PR that Paul Marner is collecting right now, it'll engulf his son. And I'm concerned about that. And it's not fair because Mitch Marner's the most naturally gifted player in the game right now, one of them. Just, just 
young kids, small, whatever, it doesn't matter. Grab a stick, go collect points, make people better. That's what Mitch Marner is. He's just a fun hockey player. He's what hockey's supposed to be. Uh, his dad has done a great f- service to his son, the family, the mother, the whole thing. You know what? Mitch is an adult now. He's a professional. He's represented by professionals. It's okay to say some stuff, but don't make, don't make this more difficult um, for your son than it has to be. It really should be a, a great time, an amazing time. Uh, don't turn your son into enemy number one because of the things that uh, you are saying. Mike, final word to you. Well, after they play uh, New Jersey on Tuesday, they play. They finish out the uh, the month of December with four of the next five at home. Um, they had one of the best records in the NHL on the road until this recent road trip, and they've gone one, two, and one uh, on that on the road swing. And so New Jersey is one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference, but so was so was Florida, and they sort of played down to their competition until they uh, woke up in the third period. And that's the concern I have about this team is immensely talented, but they seem to sleepwalk through period after period and then say, okay, we're down 2 nothing, or we're down 4-1, to one. let's turn it on. Well, you need more consistent effort to be able to win these games. You can't win them by playing 20 minutes. So I think that's something that Mike Babcock is going to have to work on. And, uh, you know, it's going to be something that ha- will have to be addressed because the, the, the team needs to be better. And Kyle Dubas looks like he will be look- on the lookout for some players that will help improve them before February 25th. Can we all just get along, Mike? Will we ever all just get along? Of course not. <laughs> You're so right. Michael, thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks, Norman. That's a wrap for this episode of the podcast. What'd you think? At Norman James, TLC, at Mike and Buffalo, the ways to holler at us on Twitter, or you can crack back at us through the YouTube comment section. Go ahead and do it. I don't care what it is. Just let us know and keep coming back. Support the Leafs Combo on YouTube. Subscribe right now. It would mean the world to us. Maybe you want to get even closer to us by sponsoring the podcast. Don't be shy. The Leafs Combo at gmail.com is the way you can reach me directly. Let's talk. We may have something for you. And you may have something for us. We could work together and really take this thing to the next level. The same way we all expect the Maple Leafs to go to the next level using our ideas, comments, and concerns as the foundation for doing it. For Mike Agello, I'm Norman James. We'll talk to you soon. The Leafs Convo is outie.